Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. And then if you'll turn to the New Testament, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and this is as Jesus is giving the uh, parable of the sower. But I just want to pick one verse out. Uh, Luke 8, 8. He says at the end of this uh, verse here, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then a very similar verse that comes up many times in the book of Revelation. We'll just look at one example of it. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 3 and verse 22. You don't really need to turn to this. I'm sure you know it. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's just pray here again. Father, we pray that we would have ears to hear what you would speak to us tonight. I ask for your help. We all ask for your help here that we might profit from this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, the subject tonight is the hearing ear. The hearing ear. <coughs> And uh, I'm going to look at the ear from two different standpoints. First, just the physical ear. It's an amazing thing. The Lord made such an amazing thing uh, when he made the ear. If you think about it, uh, just in very simple terms, here I am uh, moving my diaphragm, bring a little air up through past my voice box and shaping the air that comes forth with my tongue and my lips. And out comes these vibrations that affect the air. Some molecules move a little bit, and they bang against other molecules, and they bang against some more. And pretty soon, some molecules get banged against by your ear. And this thing here kind of funnels them down into your head. <laughs> and as they get funneled down in there, they hit this membrane we call the eardrum and causes it to move like a drum, you know. <laughs> okay, so then back of that, you got these three little, little bones have you kids studied about those three little bones or some? Yeah. So we got the anvil and the hammer and the stirrup. Huh? Not the scientific names, but that's the ones that, <laughs> that I know. And so they're, they, they're moved because the eardrum moves and then these little bones move. Those little bones, uh, I just uh, read about this today. Um, they are the same size as when you were born. All the other bones, you know, they get big, and they, those little bones were exactly the same size when you were born, just little, when you were a little tight. 
that's the size those bones were. I don't know why God did it that way. Maybe it was too delicate to have grow or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway there's those three little bones. And they move. And they, the last one rests against this, this kind of shell-shaped organ called the cochlea. And it's kind of a, a strange thing. It's, it's got three canals in it that are filled with fluid, and in, in, in that fluid are all these little hair-like things, thousands of these little hair-like things. And so when those bones uh, move, uh, hit against the cochlea, they cause that fluid to bounce around a little bit, that moves these hairs, and the hairs somehow turn that, that movement into electrical impulses, which then is sent through this auditory canal up into your brain, and then your brain takes those electrical impulses and lets you hear me speak. <laughs> now that's that in itself is an amazing thing, and it, and and you read the account of it, uh, you know, on the on the internet, and then they say something like, and we still don't understand exactly how this works. So. Here you have the hearing ear, and God has made it. A marvelous, amazing thing. But when Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, now that's, he's talking about something more than just these ears. He's talking about a spiritual ability to hear. And that's what we want to spend most of our time on this evening. So if you will give me your ear, we will uh, examine this thing of, of, of hearing, spiritual hearing tonight. Now, I really want to divide this into four different sections. The ear of the unconverted, the ear of the Christian, the proper use of the ear, and then kind of a, a maybe a subdivision of that one, the ear in our present visual age the ear in our present visual age. So, first of all, the ear of the unconverted. Um, we're told that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit. The natural man, in other words, is deaf to the things of God. Jeremiah spoke of the people who have ears but hear not. They can hear they could hear me if, they, if, if uh, that person was here tonight, an unconverted person. They can hear what I'm doing here with this ear. But it's not going to affect them spiritually. They don't have spiritual ears. Uh, they're deaf to those things. Uh, Jeremiah spoke uh, of a people that God says, do not obey him or incline their ear to God, but they walk in their own counsel. Jesus said of some, while hearing, they hear not. See, there you have both of them right there. While hearing with this ear, they hear not. <clears throat> and uh, God is speaking to people all the time, and yet people do not hear. They will not listen, and they do not listen. We're told in, in Proverbs <clears throat> that wisdom shouts in the streets. I mean, not just 
whispers. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She lifts her voice in the square. But we're also told that people do not heed or hear that. People don't pay attention. Men with one accord just refuse to heed God's call. So God is speaking. Let men stop their ears. That's what happened when Stephen spoke to those Jewish uh, leaders of his day. And it's really true of mankind more or less throughout history. Uh, When he spoke to those Jewish leaders, he said this, You men who are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. You're doing just as your fathers did. And uh, when they heard what he was saying, when they heard what Stephen was saying, that it says they cried out with a loud voice and covered their ears. So they were hearing enough to know they didn't want to hear it. <clears throat> well, such is the sad shape of sinful fallen humanity. Either they don't hear what they could hear, or they won't hear what they should hear. So uh, that's, that's the first division, basically. The ear of the unconverted. Uh, some people are like the Athenians, who uh, did nothing other than tell or hear something new, except whatever it was. It never had anything to do with the gospel or truth or righteousness. Uh, Others are like what Paul warned Timothy about. They went about, uh, they, they just wanted to have their ears tickled. Uh, wanted to hear things in accordance with their own desires. Things they just, in other words, they'd listen if you said something they liked, but the minute there was something they didn't like, suddenly they couldn't hear anymore. They just wanted their ears tickled. Well, that's the unconverted. But what then of the Christian? Well, first of all, a Christian is one who has been given hearing. They've gone from deafness to having the ability to hear again. Uh, As we saw there in the verse out of uh, Proverbs that we began with, The Lord gives the hearing ear. The hearing ear and the seeing eye. Both of them are from the Lord. And I'm taking that, of course, spiritually here. Spiritually, it takes the Lord to give the hearing ear. Men may stop their ears, but only God can open them to spiritual things. Isaiah said that when the Messiah comes, the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. So it takes, it takes a miracle, it takes the work of the Messiah to have the ears of the deaf unstopped. Now, of course, Christ did that physically when he was here on earth. He made people who were unable to hear, able to hear. I mean, it was a miracle, the physical ear. But we're talking here the miracle of the spiritual hearing. And what Christ did physically, he's still doing spiritually in people's lives. So it's a gift. The spiritual senses are a special gift from God 
given on the basis of the death of Christ for sinners. Now, I think it's kind of interesting. In the Old Testament, when the leper was cleansed, blood was applied to his ear and to his thumb and to his big toe. And I think, of course, symbolically, that means that the blood was applied to the whole person. But, you know, it wasn't to the top of his head, it's to his ear. And uh, I think maybe that has some symbolic significance. Also, it wasn't just for the leper, um, when, the, uh, when the priests were consecrated, blood was applied to the ear and the thumb and the big toe. So again, I think that signifies the whole man was cleansed and consecrated to the Lord. And so, it, again, this, we're talking about a miracle here in the Christian's life. It takes that for us to be able to hear the word of Christ. And, you know, here, here we are tonight. Some, some are hearing more than just my voice as I'm, as I'm speaking. You, you pick up something. If you're, if you're a spiritual person, if you're a Christian, you'll pick up something of spiritual value from listening to the Word of God. If you're not, you're just hearing me. And you go away uh, saying, well, that didn't amount to much. But if, if you get something from God, then it's something spiritual that you take away and it'll, it'll make a difference in your life. And that's what will be the case if you have the hearing ear that God gives. Well, that brings me then to the proper use of the hearing ear. The Christian is to be one who is quick to hear and slow to speak. And the natural man, generally, it's the other way around. They're quick to speak and slow to hear. Pride likes to speak Humility likes to listen. One person said he thought that was probably the reason God gave us one mouth and two ears, just to teach us, you know, the proper ratio of speaking and hearing. Uh, proper use of the hearing ear is to listen, but especially to listen to God, to listen for the shepherd's voice. My sheep hear my voice, and another they will not follow. So, as a Christian, then, you are to incline your ear to understanding and to make your ear attentive to wisdom. And, as a Christian, you are to listen to and heed life-giving reproof. Now, that comes from God constantly as we read His Word and pray and listen to uh, His voice. He's giving us life-giving Reproof. It's not just reproof, it's life-giving reproof. Uh, <clears throat> that's in Proverbs 15.31. So that's, you know, we're talking about the proper use of the, of the ear, and one of the main things is to just listen to what God would tell us, and sometimes that it has to do with reproof. And our ears should perk up when we hear Him speak to us, saying, this is the way, walk in it. Um, 
And not only are we to listen to God, but we're to listen to other people. Now, we're talking not just here about the people that would seek to help us spiritually. We are to listen to those type of people. Uh, but we're also to listen to people who are crying out for help. Those in need. Proverbs 21.13 says, He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will, will also cry himself and will not be answered. So, of course, the opposite is what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to shut our ear to the cry of the poor. We're supposed to open our ear to the cry of the poor. And I think that has um, to do not just with poor monetarily, but especially poor spiritually. We're to be listening for those things that indicate someone's wanting some help, especially spiritually. You know that the natural man can pick up on the physical needs of other people. That's why there's all kinds of aid programs amongst non-Christians. But only the Christian is going to pick up on the spiritual need of that person. Because we, we're the only ones that have spiritual ears. So that's where we need to really be quick to hear. Quick to hear the cry of the poor spiritually. So, um, you know, we ought to ask ourselves as we go through the day, am I listening for the cry of, of the poor? Not just physically, but spiritually. And a lot of times it's, um, it's, it's somewhat uh, disguised because that person uh, is lost yet, often. And uh, they may put on a pretty good face as if they don't have any spiritual needs. But you listen close enough and you'll hear some. Often, anyway. I thought of the example of the Titanic because it's such a, a, a good illustration of what I'm talking about here. You know, when the Titanic went down, uh, there was actually another ship not too many miles away that could have probably saved all of those people. But that other ship had turned off its radio 40 minutes before this, a distress call started to go out from the Titanic. And uh, the people, uh, they, this other ship was close enough that they could actually see these flares going up from the Titanic. But they thought the flares meant they were celebrating. So, to me, that is an incredible illustration of the way a lot of people are. They're sending up flares of a smile or something. They think everything's all right, and everything's... I mean, you interpret it as if everything must be all right with that person, and that's not the case. Well, anyway, that's 
talking about the proper use of the human ear, and that's certainly one of the main uses that God would want us to put it, put our hearing ear to, to listen for the needs of other people, for those around us. Um, it's actually a law now that you cannot turn off your ship's radio. Since the Titanic went down, they made that a law. You've got to keep your radio on all the time, just in case somebody's sending out a distress signal. Uh, you need to have your radio on. Well, um, the Bible talks about the possibility of a Christian's hearing becoming dull. Uh, he, let's just look at that. Hebrews chapter 5. is in the context of the writer uh, wanting to go into some uh, truth related to Melchizedek. But he says this, uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, Concerning him, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. So it is possible for a Christian to become dull of hearing. And I, I want to mention a few things related to that that uh, we need to uh, be mindful of lest we become dull of hearing. One of them is, is in Mark 4.24 where Jesus says, take care what you listen to. Take care what you listen to. We're to be listening to God's word. We're to, we're to be listening to life-giving reproof. Uh, we're to be listening for the cry of the poor. <clears throat> but in all of our listening, we have to be careful. He says, take care what you listen to. There's a lot of things that you listen to that are, are going to dull your hearing, you see, if you're not taking care. Uh, Evil communication often works its way into our lives gradually. First, we're shocked by it. Then we tolerate it. Then we accept it. Then we embrace it. And then we promote it. And the thing that you were shocked by, you eventually promote if you're not careful about what you hear. Uh, I'm aware of some Christians now that actually like to use shocking language in order to try to get their message across. And what, what's happened is they've become dull of hearing and they don't even realize how wrong what they're doing is because it gradually crept in. And what first would have shocked them, they began to tolerate. And what they tolerated, then they accepted, then they embraced, and now they promoted. <coughs> well, we're talking about taking care of what you listen to. Um, it's, it's the same in so many areas in the Christian life. Unless we're careful, we'll be desensitized, and soon we will not be able to 
hear the things that we know we would have been able to hear before we've become dull of hearing so Jesus said take care what you listen to but Jesus said something else in Luke 8 18 he said take care how you listen so it's a little different take care what you listen to he also said take care how you listen uh, the degree of benefit we receive from what we hear depends on how we hear some things related to that first we have to hear with faith that means taking God at his word Paul calls this the hearing of faith the word will not profit if it is not mixed with faith God's word will not profit unless it's mixed with faith um, you can find that in Hebrews 4, one, well, let's go ahead and look at that. Hebrews <clears throat> chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, let us fear lest while a promise remains of entering into his rest, any one of you should seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. So, you know, unless the word is united with faith, it's not going to profit. So we're talking about taking care how you listen. Listen with faith. Taking God at his word. And then there must be a reverent thoughtfulness. We must hear with a reverent thoughtfulness. We don't, uh, we don't usually think of this, but listening is an act of worship. Listening is an act of worship. It's an act of faith. It's also an act of worship. If we listen carelessly or recklessly or thoughtlessly or sleepishly, <laughs> uh, we're it's not going to do us much good. As the saying goes, it'll go in one ear and out the other. So, reverent thoughtfulness. Uh, there must be a receptive, reverent, uh, obedient heart attitude for us to, to really profit from hearing. We're, taking, we're talking about taking care of how you listen. Uh, again, uh, hearing, biblical hearing, spiritual hearing, is a way of worshiping God. And then uh, I would say also we must listen with a desire to do what God tells us. If you don't have that desire in your listening, you're not going to get much. Uh, we'll only hear as we purpose to heed. Now you can, you, some people like sermons. They can listen to a sermon and it can, it can you know, make them uh, excited, but that's not the same as having the attitude here of I'm going to do what God tells me to do. Um, let's look back in Ezekiel.
Some people just like good preaching. That's not a problem when they listen to me, but some people uh, can get into a, a sermon that's presented really well. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 30. Here's an example of what we're talking about. <coughs> But as for you, son of man, your fellow citizens will talk about you by the walls and in the doorways of the houses, speak to one another, each to his brother, saying, Come now and hear what the message is which comes from the Lord. So that sounds good. Let's go listen to what the Lord's got to say today. Sounds pretty good. And they come to you as people come and sit before you as my people and hear your words, but they do, but they do not do them. For they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth, and their heart goes after their gain. Now here's, a, here's an amazing verse, I think. And behold, you are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not practice them. So it's like you, you hear this beautiful singer and you're really you know impressed what a beautiful song but the, the content of what was said has nothing to do it doesn't affect you at all it's just that that song was so nice you know and some people listen to sermons that way so he the point is they don't do what they hear that's what uh, Ezekiel is bringing out here and of course, you see that same, same type of thing in James, where James says this in chapter 1, verse 22, But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if any, anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Now the point is, is that if you don't do what you hear, you're going to forget what you heard. And it's not going to mean anything to you. He says that it's like the person looks in the mirror, sees himself. That's what happened when the word's held up. You get a view of, of reality. But you walk, you don't do anything with it. You see, you walk away and it says, you forget. You forget what you look like. Or you forget what you hear. It won't mean anything. It won't last unless you do. You'll soon forget. Unless you put things into practice. So we're talking about taking care how you listen. And then, I think, above all, we have to ask God to daily give us ears to hear what God's truly saying to us. There's all kinds of voices coming at us throughout the day. And we, ask, we need to ask God. And in other words, there need to be that, that desire, that prayerful desire to, to hear what the Spirit is saying to you personally. God, give me ears to hear what you would have me to hear today. Because the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord's the one that made both of those. Uh, 
spiritual hearing is a gift. But I would say this, we can ask for more hearing, ask God to sharpen our hearing, ask, ask God to make us so we can hear better and more of his truth. And then, <clears throat> lastly, I just wanted to say something about hearing in our present visual age. We're, we're becoming poorer hearers because our, our age is so uh, saturated with the visual. Um, even our ability to think rightly is being affected because of how much the, the visual dominates our culture. The, um, there's a visual bombardment of, of uh, our whole being these days. And I like the way uh, Ravi Zacharias said it. He says, many people today listen mainly with their eyes. And you got to think about that a little bit. We listen mainly with our eyes. And he's saying that in a very negative way. He's saying that is not the way you're supposed to listen. Listen. That's not the way God intended us to listen. He intended us to listen with our ears. And when, it, when you're in a culture where images dominate, that is going to take some extra work. It's going to take some extra effort on, on our part to get past that. The word is not primarily visual. Now, that's not saying that God can't use some of these uh, various means of presenting truth visually, but the word is not primarily visual. And even when Christ was here on earth, you know, visibly here on earth, he said this, he said, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. The words spoken are spirit that I have spoken of spirit and life. So, I just want to, it's just kind of a word of caution here under the heading of take care how you listen. Because the culture, the media, wants you to listen with your eyes and God wants you to listen with your ears and you're going to have to make sure you don't let this current evil age dominate the way you listen. Well, um, I guess that's all I have for this evening. But again, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both.